Hello, and welcome to another episode of Visionary Voices, a podcast series by Liglators. I am Patrick Sutton Mattox. On this podcast, we've been talking to successful women in business and law who are based out here in the Middle East. We've been asking them to share their journeys, the challenges that they have faced, and their vision for future generations. Joining us today is Pia Stucker, Senior Legal Counsel at DP World. Pia grew up in India and started her legal journey at the William and Mary Law School in Williamsburg, Virginia. From there, Pia joined Clifford Chance in New York before relocating to Munich, where she worked in private practice for Baker and McKenzie before moving in-house, first with Siemens, and then as head of M&A legal for Epcos, a TDK group company. In April 2020, Pia moved to Dubai to join DP World a few months before I also joined on an eight-month secondment from the Linklater's Dubai office. I'm delighted to have Pia on board today talking to us about how we can challenge and break the bias together. Pia, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me, Patrick. So, Pia, please tell us a little bit more about your journey and what brought you out to the Middle East. Sure, happy to do that. Um, so, as you said, I started um, my career essentially at I went to law school in um, the US and then started with a, a large magic circle firm in New York and was with them um, for several years and um, then ended up, my husband is German and so, you know, post kids ended up moving to Munich. Um, we were based there for many years and then the kids were little and I was sort of keeping my toes, you know, in the, in the water, foot in the door, whatever you will. Um, when they were little and then moved to M&A sort of full-time um, once they were a little more grown up and um, was with Siemens and then in-house at TDK and the opportunities in Europe are you know few and far between for in-house M&A lawyers and so was looking for a, a move which would put me somewhere where strategic M&A in-house was a possibility and so ended up in Dubai with DP World. Thanks, Pierre. That sounds like a fascinating journey, and we really appreciate you sharing it with us today. As you know, the idea of this podcast series came about because we wanted to start conversations around challenging bias. Now, you've obviously worked in a variety of roles for organizations on, on three continents. What are some of the challenges and biases that you've seen on that journey? Um, and have you seen any difference in the approach to tackling those issues in the different environments uh, and, and continents on, on which you've worked? Um, you know, I, I, to be perfectly honest, as a brown-skinned woman in an area which is predominantly white and predominantly male, I think, you know, you can expect that there's, you encounter some bias along the way. Um, I, I, once when I started my career, you know, it was, it was, and m and is just high stakes, lots of money, lots of egos, you know temper is free all the time it's it's a fair amount of stress and I think as a young person starting out I think this it, it, it's the the treatment you know is is fairly even across the board you're just you're a cog in the wheel and you're putting in a lot of hours and it's really stressful and it's stressful all around I don't think I really noticed it. The being a woman was was somehow you know in this in this other category, and, and I think the only time it really started to come into play for me was when I had my first son, um, which is kind of the point at which 
you notice there's a slight shift in perception and it goes from, you know, one day you're a hot commodity and the next day you're labeled a mom. And that creates a perception that your attention is divided, whether in reality that is the case or not. And it results in people treating you just a little bit differently. And it's, it's, it's incremental, right? It accumulates over time. Um, where you suddenly find that you are now in a role or being perceived as something other than, you know, pre-kids. So um, I did I did start to notice it more than, um, you know, and then we moved to Munich. And it's interesting because in Bavaria, which is fairly conservative, they have a term for um, working mothers. They call them Rabenmutter, which is literally translated, it's a female raven, um, because you, you know, you leave the fledglings where they are and go off and do your own thing. Um, and that was that was eye-opening because you really do, you do see that even in the perception of of women in the workplace, you get asked things like, what's your childcare situation? How are you going to be able to commit to a job full time? And things you would never, I mean, coming from the US, that was a little bit of a culture shock because in spite of, you know, in the US it's under the surface, but on the surface, you, you just cannot ask a woman these things. And in Bavaria, it was quite open to try and figure out sort of what is your commitment as a woman to the working environment. Um, so that's that's kind of, a little bit of flavor for for what I've experienced across um, across jurisdictions, but you know I love what I do. Um, I would I would hate for it to be colored um, by a perception of you know having uh, of of having to deal with bias all the time. I, I think it, you know it's it's present. It's something to be cognizant of, but it's not something that you let govern your life. You know what I mean. Thanks, Pierre. That's that's really interesting to hear, particularly the um the, the experiences across various uh, various countries and, and working environments. So one issue that has been touched on briefly in one of our previous podcasts is the concept of, of allies and mentors. Um, now I'm I'm conscious of the fact that I'm the first male presenter on this series and, and feel very privileged to have been asked to, to to speak to you today, but I also don't want to use this opportunity to divert attention too much onto us us men. <laughs> However, um, I was wondering whether you had any views on the concept of, of allies um, and, and or mentors in the context of bias, and whether you have any experience of any particularly effective allies or mentors on your journey. And if so, what was it that made them so effective? Um, absolutely. So, I, you know, and I did want to touch on this because, I, I, as I mentioned before, the, you know, I can only speak to to M and A and to my experience in the field. And um, the, the the reality of it is, it's it's male dominated for the most part. A lot of the times, you walk into a room, you're usually the sole woman or one of two and it, it, it is a rarity and so when you think about mentoring in this space there aren't a whole lot of female mentors and and so you got to take the opportunities where you find them and and I um, will do this without naming names but um, I started my career I um, worked in, in um, the M&A group and there was a partner with a reputation for not working with women and for actually, you know, 
this was back at a time when, you know, it was, it was um, I won't say mistreatment, but associates being made to churn was par for the course and was, was you know, was not the kinder, kinder, gentler time it seems to have become in the intervening years. But um, he was particularly known for sending women crying out of his office for the work that they put in. And for some reason, I was paired with him on transactions. And he ended up being the best teacher I have ever had. I mean, everything I learned, I learned from him. And so, you know, mentors are to be found in unexpected places. And I would say to young women coming through the ranks, seize the opportunity. It doesn't matter if they're male, female, if they're different colored, if they, you know, aren't what you would perceive as being the person to guide you through your career. You never know from which border that help comes. And sometimes it comes from the most unexpected places. And sometimes the people that ally with you are those you least expected would be on your side. And you just gotta seize those opportunities and not always look at the world through this filter of, you know, is it a woman? Is, does it really fit within my experience um, in order to be to, to um, approach them and, and seek mentoring really? Thanks, Pierre. That's a, a really interesting perspective and a valuable reminder, I think, on the complexities of challenging bias and the fact that allies and mentors on that journey can come in many different forms. So my last question is, is really a summary of everything we've discussed, and it is what are the key pieces of advice that you'd like to share with us from your journey? Something those listening to us today can take away and think about as they progress through their own careers. It took several years of trial and error for me to figure out kind of what the sweet spot is between, you know, being a woman, having children, you know, this quirk of biology that defines me as a mother and having a fulfilling working life. And um, I heard sort of several years into this, I heard, and I'm going to absolutely misquote and not give credit to whoever said this, but I heard, you know, women are told all the time that they can have it all and what they're not told is you can have it all you just can't have it all at the same time and when I heard that I really wish that that was something I had heard sort of at the beginning of my career because I spent such a long time trying to figure it out um, and I, that, that is the one piece of true advice that I think applies even today is you know, you can, there are, it is okay to take a step back in your career if you need to raise your family and, and that matters and your kids need you. And it is okay to say to your kids, I'm working today. I and mean, my kids were trained from a relatively early age. They're fairly Pavlovian when it comes to this. But when I say mom has a call, you know, everything goes quiet because they know that's important. And, and, and to be able to sort of find that balance and to be able to say, okay, in these years, this matters in, in the next coming, you know, my work will matter. And I got to find a way to do it. It's, it's okay if you don't have the same title progression as your male colleagues, and you don't have the same pay progression as your male colleagues, you will, it will sort itself out as you find the compromises that work for you. I think that is a piece of advice that has stuck with me and you know it, I think on it pretty much every time there's a crossroads um, in my life and my career as well so that's really all I have with apologies to whoever said it because I absolutely cannot credit it and I can't take credit for it either. That's really interesting thanks Pierre um, great insights for our listeners to, to take away 
Throughout this podcast series, we've been speaking to inspiring women about their stories and how they've taken on various opportunities and challenges. And we're so glad you could be a part of the conversation with us today. Thanks again for talking to us. It was great to have you on board. Absolutely. Well, thank you for having me, Patrick. Appreciate it. Thanks to everyone at Linklaters who helped us pull this podcast together. The Middle East DNI team for getting behind the idea to do the series and providing the platform for it. Tushbu and Cecilia and the digital marketing team for website design, comms, and marketing. Everyone at the film and media team for audio editing and design. And Raluca and Patrick for bringing this podcast together and making it happen. Tune into the next episode to hear more from another interesting speaker wherever you get your podcast. Wow.